0: On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks fail in the second half, lose to the quote unquote Cavs. What happened in the second half? I'll tell you on today's Lockdown Mavs.
1: I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks. Uh, to the Mavericks NBA champions.
0: He hit it. he hit it. Bye. Bye. It's good, and the Mavericks have won the game. If you don't believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Nix, a media member and NBA channel manager for Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show. and make making Locked On Maps your first listen today, where the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day, leave a five-star review, like the video, and comment anything below. Let me know in the comment section what's one reason why the Mavericks lost to this Cavs team in this way. Ooh boy! This episode is brought to you by PrizeFix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash NBA Use the code, all lowercase, LOCKEDONNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. And joining me, the post-game prodigy, the pride of Prosper. What you got for me? The <laughs> pride of Prosper. <laughs> I have no idea if you're from Prosper I or not. I am not from Prosper. It was the alliteration that I missed. With, <laughs> I used to do alliterations to Isaac every day. And the I pride don't of it. Plano. There you go, the pride of Plano. What you got for me, Slightly
1: Biased? Uh, 10,000-yard stare, PTSD, horrible, terrifying, (laughs) children screaming, (laughs) bombs dropping, gunfire. Good talking (laughs) to you. Nick and I haven't talked in a while.
0: Oh, just brutal. Uh, The Wi-Fi in the arena (laughs) failed, just like the Mavs offense in the second half, so we have started over this episode. Uh, Today, we'll talk about the Mavs' 113-110 to loss to the Cavs, quote-unquote Cavs. No Donovan Mitchell, no Darius Garland, no Evan Mobley in this game. Kyrie's still out, but... The Mavs lose this game. An embarrassing, terrible loss. What happened? We'll get into that. We'll talk about Josh Green's return. Tough game for Derek Lively. I want to break down his game a little bit because he got fully outplayed by Jared Allen. What can we learn from that game and what he has to do to get better? I'm not surprised, but it's something that we've got to just keep monitoring and looking at and learning from if you're Derek Lively. All right, let's start here. Mavs lose 113 to 110. Their second half offense, awful. This is how it broke down through quarter to quarter. First quarter, Mavs scored 39 points. Second quarter, Mavs scored 30 points. Third quarter, Mavs scored 21 points. Fourth quarter, Mavs score 20 points. 20 points for this Mavericks team. And Luka played a bunch. Just a brutal, brutal second half for the Mavericks. 42, 41 points. Yeah. They scored 39 in the first quarter. Yeah. So that was awful. The thing that I'm most frustrated about, though, slightly, and the most mad about, last second shot, Mavs get this gift – Georges Niang misses two free throws. You're down three. You get a timeout. you got ten seconds left. Oh, I'm t- so much time to get a, a shot off, to set something up. You've got the timeout. You call it. Go to the bench. Go to the huddle. Come out. X him on the inbounder, and you're feeling good about him because he's been one of the Mavs' best passers. You've got Luka. You've got Curry, who's been hot that game. you got Tim Hardaway out there. And, like, they still didn't get a shot off. How many times have we seen this team not be
1: able to get a shot off even? Yeah, that's at the last second. Ugh. I don't know how this is such a reoccurring problem for this team. Like you said, not even getting a shot. Like it's one thing if it's a bad shot. It's another thing if it's, uh, hey, you know, uh, hey, we just missed. We got a good look. They they don't even get shots. How is your play? Inbound the ball to Luca at the logo. Hey, he's gonna get doubled. It's a smart defensive play. Double team him. Trap him at the logo. Force a wild pass out or something. And you said no. Nobody flashes. Nobody makes himself available. You have no exit valve. Nothing. No preparation for the guy who gets double team more than anybody in in the league. You, you know what? If you tell me Luca got double team more than anybody in the history of the NBA, I'd believe you. But I probably <laughs> I doubt that's true. Can we, but th- second, can we get second spectrum on that? <laughs> A guy who gets double more f-
0: than. We might need the third spectrum to look yeah. up that stat. And
1: maybe. We need to get into different dimensions. <laughs> to go over the, the Mavericks' late, but he gets game. he gets
0: doubled all the time, and we we just talked about slightly. We just talked about in the last show the Mavericks have mastered double teams. They're so good at these double teams, and yet here we go in this game, the Mavs failed at these double teams and failed at the last second, yeah. where Lively so that Mavs or the Mavs Luca gets doubled. Jared Allen is one of the guys doubling him, which was an adjustment that they made in the fourth quarter that I thought was a good adjustment by the Cavs. Derek Lively is in the game and he's standing on the. The dunker spot. The maps need three points, so you can't just dump it down to him and him like hit a, like like dunk or whatever. But why do not why doesn't he step up to the free throw line and then Luca gets the ball immediately, kick it to Lively, who then has to make a split second decision. It's probably a low percentage that he gets it to the right guy, wide open, and they hit a shot. But at least to be better than Luca just chucking it over to Seth Curry, who is also like smothered with a defender I mean it was just a brutal last second shot and you just didn't get anything off and like this is where you look at the coaching staff and go hey like they do still need plays yeah they do still need things run at the end and it can't be that same play we saw four, 14 times at the end of the games last season that like what was it the elevators like whatever word one player tries to come up through the middle like, yeah. it just doesn't work I mean they it's been over and over and over again we've seen this from the Mavs where they just don't even get shots off at the last second
1: yeah, I mean this was a this was a, a tough one just because, like you said, this was so. This loss resembled everything that happened last year to this team, down to that final terrible possession where, it, it, like, how do we not get anything? You can use Luca as a diversion. You don't even have to pass the ball right. to him, right? Because <laughs> Luka's going to be face guarded. He he's going to have. He might even have two people going his direction on in the inbounds before he even gets the ball. Because they're just – they're that confident he's going to get the ball. You don't even have to pass it to him. Teams do this all the time where we have our best player out there and you know what, he's not even going to touch the ball because he's just going to have a guy on him in the backcourt basically. And we can play four-on-four four and try to get something for ourselves. I mean, I, I just – Since shocking. the
0: beginning of time, since James Naismith ate a, a huge b- basket full of peaches, cut out the bottom of it and stuck it on the wall and started to shoot a, ba- a ball at it. Like No, since the Mayans played it with severed heads. <laughs> <laughs> Since the <laughs> <Since> that <laughs> as a torture tactic, the- there has been the best player in basketball. There has always been the best player on a team. And for centuries, they have found ways to get that player the ball. Ugh, it's just. Jason Kidd has been one of those players in the past where they've found ways to get him the Like, just. I- even use Luke as the decoy, throw it to Lively on the inbound, and then make have him make the decision on which of the other three players to kick the ball out to. You have ten seconds. It'll, it'll give him a couple seconds to make the decision. He's been good at that this whole season. I, the other thing about this, though, I mean, I'm so frustrated by that last shot. It shouldn't have ever come down to that. No. This Cavs team had nobody. Donovan Mitchell, who warmed up for like an hour before the game, he was like the pregame entertainment. He was <laughs> the only one out there. They're like about to make like pregame introductions. He was still out there shooting around. He didn't play. Evan Mobley didn't play. Darius Garland didn't play. I mean, it was Jared Allen, uh, Max Struess, Isaac Okoro. And then in the chat or in the comment section, tell me if you knew who Craig Porter Jr. is. Let me know. Not Michael Porter Jr., not Kevin Porter Jr., Craig Porter Jr. (laughs) No, definitely (laughs) not Kevin Porter Jr. No, he's gone. (laughs) Uh, He's not been on the Cavs in a long time. They shouldn't have been in this situation. The second half offense was just terrible, and the Mavs completely failed. Yeah, I mean, the
1: Cavs – I'll give some credit to the Cavs here because they've been dealing with injuries now for a while. Mobley and uh, Garland are going to miss extended periods of time. Mitchell has been sick, and I, I guess he's—I I guess he must have had a terrible illness because he's—he's
0: had this shoulder thing that Cavs fans seem to be frustrated about. I saw it locked on Cavs guys tweeting about it earlier, where like there was some tweeting like conspiracy theories about his shoulder. Like, is he actually injured? Does he just uh, not want to play? And now there's this illness, so I don't know. But he's—he's he's been out for a while too. To your, to your point.
1: Yeah, but they're they are five and one in their last six, and like these injuries have almost turned them into like this scrappy little ragtag team that's kind of figured it out. And uh, I mean, Craig Porter Jr. just a classic <laughs> guy who kills the Mavericks, but he's been solid in his minutes. He's a guy who like the Cavs fans cry over over and over and over to get minutes. But uh, yeah, the Mavericks had no business losing this game. No, all.
0: none no business. Honestly, even the Mavs without Luka should have should have
1: won this game. I mean, even like beyond just saying, "Oh, look at on paper they should have won this game." Okay, the game starts. Mavericks are up 20 at 1 point in this game. The game needs to be over then. Then and there. No chance that that league gets blown. Then they're up what, 9-10 with 6 minutes left. No reason that game gets blown. I mean, that's a really bad loss. They didn't hit their threes and the Cavs
0: yeah. hit their threes. I mean, sec- you just look at this the second half Mavs shot 4 of 16 from 3. 16 threes and a half, honestly, is not enough for the Mavericks either. Agreed. And then the Cavs shot 8 of 20, which is 40%. It doesn't sound that great, but 8 of 20, they hit 4 more threes than the Mavs did. And, like, that's a big deal. And the offense just completely failed them. Coming up, I want to talk about why it failed them. What happened in the second half? What did the Cavs do? What did the Mavs do to fail in that second half? We'll talk about that and more coming up. Today's episode brought to you by eBay Motors. Go to eBay Motors and you can check out the right parts for your car, and they've teamed up with Josh Lloyd, the fantasy goat of Lockdown Fantasy Basketball, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week. And they've got the eBay's guaranteed Fit fantasy picks of the week. We've talked about Dante Exum. He's, he's got Dante Exum down there. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll bring him up again. Dante Exum is one of Josh Lloyd's picks. He's going to continue to get starts even after uh, Kyrie Irving comes back. Josh Green came back in this game. Exum still got the start. He played a bunch of minutes in this game, and he got some opportunity in this game against the Cavs. Uh, he scored 13 points, had six assists, four rebounds, three steals. It's pretty good for a fantasy lineup, especially some of those later in the bench guys. So check out Dante Exum for your fantasy team if you want to add to your team. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, same with your vehicle. So go to eBay Motors and check out their 122 million parts to choose from for your ride or die so that you can make sure that you continue to stay Riding smooth. you got brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your car needs. eBay Motors has it. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guarantee Fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out This on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day. Shout-out to you if I saw you at the game tonight. Shout-out to a couple people that – Tap me on the shoulder, and then discovered that uh, there was a Locked on Mavs podcast. That, that's fun. <laughs> Not many people discover podcasts in person from the person that does them. Yeah, that is uh, it, If you want to support the show, uh, get texts from me, extra content, mailbags, all kinds of stuff, video content, subscribe to the subtext, click the link in the description, text the number on the screen. Uh, slightly, second-half offense, what happened?
1: Uh, I got to give some credit to the Cavs. I think they played pretty well defensively. They switched up their looks at Luka. They let Luca cook in the first half. And I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but I was talking about this in my chat that I think it's interesting that teams just stick to either doubling Luca the entire game or switching or whatever, and they don't switch up. Like, we've seen teams do this against Luca in the past where they'll let him cook for the first half of the game or maybe the first three quarters, and then, boom, double-team him, trap him, blitz him in the fourth quarter and force the role guys who haven't really needed to do much throughout the game to, like, start to have to hit shots and stuff like that. And I thought that's what they did. I mean, Luca had 20 points in the first quarter. Twenty nine points at halftime, and uh, again it was it was one on one. They were switching screens and just letting Luca cook, and he was going off. And then the second half, you know, they they ramped up the intensity. They trapped them, they blitzed them, they doubled them, and uh, it was almost like this is just hilarious because we just spent. Thirty minutes a couple <laughs> nights ago, being like, "There's no defensive coverages that Luca can't that can beat Luca." But he looked out of sorts in the second half. Of this we game. were right for two quarters of this game, yes, and we, we were wrong were.
0: for the next two quarters.
1: This looked like a cla- this looked at the start like a, a classic Luca MVP. Put this one in the MVP books. He's he's done in the fourth quarter uh, with 45 points in three quarters or whatever. And uh, man, the, the second half was rough. I mean, he turned the ball over four times, only had uh, three assists, went four of 12 in the second half. 10 points on 12 shots. I
0: think that third quarter, the Mavs scored 21 points. Luca plays the entire quarter. Like, it, he went back to his old, his old, like, minute rotation, it felt like. I think that may have been the worst quarter the Mavs have played that Luca played the entire time. <laughs> I mean, <it> was, <laughs> that was just a brutal, brutal quarter yeah, for them it was. In, in this. Luca only had five points and he had three assists and. That was basically the match score 21 points, two of nine from three in that quarter. And yeah, you do got to give the Cavs some credit for scrapping it out. They adjusted. They sent some doubles to Luca, and they they tried to find a way to like to stop the uh, like that that little pass to the the free throw line. They tried to stop that, and like they were really good in their doubles. Like sometimes a double team is really soft. The Suns were throwing the softest double yeah. teams at Luca, and when you throw those soft double teams, where like Josh Okogie or whoever else that's coming to, to double. It's like slow to get up there and it's not like completely committed to it where the Cavs were completely committed to it. And that at least makes it more difficult for Luka. And then their the guys are just not getting it. just felt like very lackadaisical the way the Mavericks are going about this game. It felt like they knew they were the better team in this one and then just like walked through it <laughs> and yeah. decided not to really make a huge effort. Mavs didn't get enough from Tim Hardaway Jr. either in this game. Uh, if if Kyrie's gonna be out, like, you have got to be that guy that steps up. You, you can't really have an off game like this. Four of thirteen from the field, only hit one of his five threes. Uh, that that was brutal. Dante Exum, like, he's a starter now. You've got to really step up. Thirteen, four, and six with three steals. Like actually, that's that's pretty good for him and what you kind of expect. But they he didn't have like a, a breakout game. They didn't have like one role player that really had a breakout offensive game either.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you don't hit threes, your team built to make threes, and they've said a million times their offense is their defense. When you brick threes and the other team hits threes, you know at the end of the at the end of the day, you're playing a math game. And the Mavericks let a team that they really should have. I mean, again, a twenty point game against a team that's missing their three best players. Those are their three best players that they are without. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Jared Allen was great tonight, but he is their fourth best player and they're without their three best players you're up 20 you know whenever you break three after three after three and you give up i'm sure we're gonna talk about this in a bit you give up a billion offensive rebounds and the other team's shooting well from three you you let them you know you give them life you let them sneak back into games all of a sudden it's a 12 point game And all of a sudden it's a seven point game and then all of a sudden you you just lost the game and you're just left thinking wow that's the worst loss i can remember and then you're like oh wait last year did happen and (laughs) these were this was every other night but it's still terrible
0: yeah, you mentioned the offensive rebounds. Mavs got killed on the glass again. This is where we'll talk about Derek Lively, too. Uh, 18 offensive rebounds for the Cavs. They, they only scored 15 second-chance points. so They didn't yeah. really get, like, destroyed in that category. But still, 18 offensive rebounds to seven with the Mavs is, is brutal. They got, like, seven of them in one, two possessions yeah. where it was just kind of bad luck on long threes. Still, though, the rebounding battle did matter in this. I thought Lively got completely outplayed by Jared Allen especially on the rebounds. And that's an area I think he's going to have to grow. I mean, let's get into lively right now that he has got to grow in being like like gobbling up rebounds. Like you're in there, you don't get pushed around by guards. It feels like he gets boxed out by guards a lot. He doesn't like like force himself into the position to get rebounds. Like you just got to like if you're going to be there and you're going to stand there, you can't just like let it happen to you. You've got to like go make it happen yourself. Yeah. Uh, and Jared Allen just I mean, you just look at their stat lines, like back to like back to back. Jared Allen, twenty four points, twenty three rebounds in this game, and Lively finished with what? He had like two points, four points, four rebounds. I mean, it's just it's not good enough. It's one of the reasons why you look at the Mavs before the season. They're like, all right, let's get some kind of stopgap center to bring in because as good as Lively has been, he struggled against some of the better centers in the NBA. Yeah, and because he's a rookie, and like you should like, I'm not surprised by it. I'm not like, oh god how terrible how terrible that lively struggled like this i'm i'm not surprised by it at all and it's one of the reasons why i actually am concerned that the mavs rely on derek lively so much
1: yeah i mean this was a uh, i mean it just he he just didn't look right tonight i mean i i don't know if if you play this game 10 times does he get this outclassed by jared allen every time probably not like he had two very quick fouls in this game i want to say two fouls in like 4 minutes so uh, I think that might have thrown him off of his rhythm a little tiny bit, and uh, kid had some interesting post game remarks about lively, where it, he kind of made it seem as if it was like, hey, like lively can't have games where he comes out playing this
0: poor because they rely on him so much. Like that's that's yeah. been the
1: thing. Uh, somebody
0: I think either tweeted or commented about it. Oh, you know what it was? It was a Reddit comment, which I should never read Reddit comments. But <laughs> somebody said before the season, Nick on lockdown Mavs was like. I can't believe that this team relies so much on this. They can't rely so much on this rookie center. And then somebody came to my defense and was like, "It's because he was surprised, and like they, they shouldn't have to rely so much on this rookie center." But we talked about it. Mavs are what seventeen and seven when he plays, or they're uh, and they're like they were like one and five when he doesn't before this game. Yeah. And you look at that and you go, "Okay, well, if they're going to rely on a rookie center so much, your ceiling is is lower. It just it just so it just happens." I talked about it on the show yesterday. There has only – let me see if I can grab this stat again. Uh, There has only been – there has not been – there's only been 22 rookie centers in NBA history that have averaged 25 minutes or more on a playoff team. Lively would be the first one since Al Horford in 2008 to average 25 minutes a game on a playoff team. There's only been 19 rookie centers in NBA history to average 25 minutes or more on a team above 500, and Lively would be the first since – Yao Ming in 2003 like your ceiling is just lower when you've got this rookie center because of nights like this where they're just going to get outplayed by somebody else now do I think that the Mavs are oh they're doomed because Derek Lively is their center no they're just going to have games like this every once in a while where you go man he just got really outplayed and that sucks and he's got to learn from it and go forward so if that's what you're going to take away from this what does he learn from this if you're
1: Derek Lively what do you try to take away from this well, I'll just quote Kid. This is what Kid said from the first play of the game: "Got to be ready. Everybody can talk about how well you're playing, but you got to understand who you're playing against." Yeah, and uh, I mean, you could tell he had two pretty dumb fouls. Like Lively's been really good I- in this season. We've talked about this before about not committing stupid fouls that you see rookies commit a lot of times that yeah. get them into the trouble. And he, I thought, committed two like pretty, you know, dumb fouls early in this game. Only played four minutes in the first quarter. Barely played that much in the first half because of those fouls. And it felt like it threw him off of his rhythm a little bit. And uh, his his rebounding problems, like you said, where it feels like sometimes yeah, so. he doesn't go up as strong and he doesn't box out very well. And, you know, maybe he doesn't put a body on guys. That's symptomatic of this entire team, rebounding-wise. And it's why I've said, like, in the past, like, yeah, they have personnel problems defensively and with the rebounds, but you watch him play and it's like, well, like, what are they doing out there half the time? They're not not—they're not finding <laughs> guys on the glass. They're not boxing out. No. They're not putting bodies on guys. They're letting, you know, guys on the perimeter crash the boards with ease with nobody touching them, and it leads to easy putbacks and rebounds. Like, Craig Porter Jr. had four offensive rebounds in this game in 12 total. Uh That yeah, guy is a it. short guard. <laughs> He's 6'2", right? Yeah, he He's, is 6'2", and let me tell you – I was thinking about this during the game. He does not look 6'2". That might be generous. He's a shorter <laughs> a J- it's a guard. Is it J.J. Barea? Yes. Measuring? <laughs> like, that, that, that can't happen. I mean, long threes uh, Threes can lead to, like, weird long rebounds at times, but there's yeah. no way you can let, let that guy have more than half of your total offensive rebounds. As Craig Porter Jr. had four. <laughs> you had seven as a team. Yeah, it's just they've
0: just got to re- you got to do that as a team. I mean, it's it's not just on throw a bigger guy in there, put Rashawn Holmes in like that, that that kind of stuff is the perimeter guys not marking a man and not going up and getting a rebound. It's been a problem for a while. Uh, coming up, let's keep talking about Lively because I think there's some other things we could learn from him. Then let's talk about Josh Green. He made his kind of re debut in this one. What do we see from him? The maps went really small. Why did they do that so much? We'll talk about that and more coming up. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Go to prizepicks.com and you can play alongside some of the Prize Picks favorites like rapper Meek Mill, comedian Andrew Schultz. Meek Mill plays Prize Picks. That's pretty cool. You can find community plays under the promo tabs of the app to view entries of some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. That's pretty cool. They got all that kind of stuff. All you have to do is go to Prize Picks and pick the more or less on the projections on a player. And you can combine them with a bunch of others. You can combine NBA with NFL, with college football, with all kinds of other stuff. So, for example, they've got the NBA. Let's do what's an interesting one for us. Uh, let's. I got Warriors versus Heat. That's kind of a fun one. Clay Thompson, twenty-three and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Ooh, I'm gonna let me just go to points. I feel like points is easier to just do on the fly. Uh, let's do Klay Thompson, eighteen and a half points. Oh, give me less on that. Give me less on eighteen and a half points. Uh, they've got. They've got John Morant against the Nuggets, 26 and a half. Oh, give me more on that. Give me more on on John Morant. If I just put those two down, I put down 20 bucks, I can win 60 on the power play. You can combine that with all kinds of other stuff. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. It's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, Slightly, let's finish up talking about this Mavs loss to the Cavs, things we can learn from it from Derek Lively. Definitely being more assertive, and he's got to learn how to be a better rebounder. I think the rim protection angle, he had a couple of good blocks in this one, but I thought that the the Mavs struggled in that area a little bit, where you just would want, can we just get a little bit more rim protection where it feels like he's a force? And, I mean, we're really nitpicking on some of this stuff with him because he's been so good. He's, he's helped the Mavs a lot, but it just doesn't feel like he's the like big changing like force in the paint all the time where guys are scared to go in the in the paint every once in a while it happens but yeah I thought that, I thought that he struggled there uh, a little bit too
1: yeah no and I wonder too if if you go back and watch this games I wonder if he, if he was just like out of position on a lot of these drives or felt like he should have been there to maybe help contest a shot at the rim where you know a, dr- a cutter or, or someone driving just gets you know an in, in angle and gets a layup that maybe lively should have been there uh, I would be interested to go back and see that I mean we are nitpicking a little bit, and it's it's a tough one because it's like he he has you know he struggled against some of the better centers in the league, and you look at some of his great games like he was great against Phoenix. Well, they don't have anyone like that, that's a game that he's supposed <laughs> to dominate, right? right? Drew Eubanks, God bless him, but that's not that's not somebody that you're really scared of if you're a center. Uh, but it's like this weird thing because okay, what if if you go out and get a center who can maybe step in and play for you right away? Then what do you sit lively like that's which, uh, these are the moments where you kind of have to realize that. Losses like these absolutely suck, but when the emotions kind of wear down a little bit, you have to remember that this is a process type of season. Yeah,
0: uh, uh, yeah, and I'm not, and I'm far from putting this lo- loss on Derek Lively. If the Mavs hit their threes, like they're designed to do,
1: yeah, that they the win this game, 17, right? Straight
0: threes, man. That's so. They just had too many stretches where they went scoreless too, where they just couldn't score, couldn't put the ball in the basket at all. And so that's I I blame that more than I blame Lively. But I just think there's some things to learn from Derek Lively and to take going forward. It's him against another one of these like
1: former All-Star centers and Jared Allen. Yeah, Josh, you got to come prepared and be ready to play these guys physically because it feels like at times Lively's almost let the foul things get into his head a tiny bit. Absolutely, where he's a little bit, and that's why I think maybe. You play this game 10 more times, and Lively doesn't have 2,004 minutes if this game looks completely different on his end because it just felt like the rest of the game he was just, you know, he wasn't playing physically. He was giving Jared Allen like a little bit of space in the paint yeah. to get these little floaters off, and Jared Allen's going to make those most of the time. This guy was an all-star two years ago. Like, he's still a really good player. But, uh, yeah, I think this is a learning experience for Lively.
0: Absolutely. Hopefully. Josh Green made his return from the elbow injury. He's been out a couple of weeks. Played 21 minutes, two points on, one on a fast break. Three rebounds, five assists, two steals in this one. He was a plus twelve off the bench and played, well, like the seventh, eighth most minutes on the team.
1: What do you think about Josh Green and his return? Um, yeah, he was he was fine. I think. I mean, there's really he had some nice energy moments, some nice plays defensively, a couple nice passes. Um, but you know, it was nothing like that blew you away, really. I mean, what did you,
0: Jason Kidd decided to close with him. Yeah. I, and I found that interesting that his, his first time back, he's closing with him instead of going with some of these guys that have, have helped you lately. Maybe he felt like the other guys didn't give him anything because they weren't getting anything in the second, the second half, really, anyway, and just wanted a different look. Um, but I thought that was interesting. I, I thought that was a mistake that kid
1: made. Yeah. I mean, you, we can go back and probably look at a trillion mistakes that it feels like the coaching staff made in this game. A trillion? Maybe even more is <laughs> possible. Wow. Oh, <laughs> Not, he, he trillioned down on that one but his energy was good tonight it was game where in the second half I felt like the energy was really bad uh, with uh, amongst the entire team so maybe that had something to do with it I mean I don't know it's also it's also another one of these things too it is a process NBA coaches are different than fans they have a, a they have a long-term outlook on things teams have long-term outlooks on things a lot of the times Yep. and when you're a fan like yeah this loss is terrible. Right, this loss sucks. You're gonna be sleeping on it. You're gonna wake up in the morning and be like, man, that, I don't, know. I don't know. I'm not gonna watch a game for two weeks after that. But uh, they're thinking like, all right, let's see how Josh Green looks in the closing lineup tonight. Like, let's just see. And if we lose, we lose. They ran small a lot in this game, which I thought was
0: probably a mistake, especially since those threes weren't going down. Like, you've got to yeah. do something else. You've got to create some other kind of offense. And so, I was supr- I was not surprised they went away from Dwight Powell because I don't think I didn't think in his four minutes he had the one and one. I think that was the only real. Four minutes. Gosh. That's what he played. In the, that's what he played, right? It was his fault. We lost this game. He played. Fi- he played under five minutes. He played four minutes and fifty-five seconds. He had the one and one. That turnover that hit him in the face, and then he had <laughs> he had a foul. Uh, but I, I was surprised they didn't go with Rashawn Holmes at least a little and tried something different. And that kid just doesn't seem to have any feelings towards Rashawn Holmes, like any positive.
1: Um, I mean, we th- we talked about this, right? That it felt like. When they're bringing Grant off the bench, this feels like a move they're trying to do now. Where it's like, all right, we're going. Yeah, very small he's now.
0: our backup center now. Yes, yeah.
1: we're, we're we're playing into small ball, and yeah, it is when you're not hitting your threes and when you're small ball center, where it's like, oh, he could stretch the floor when he's not hitting his threes for a prolonged stretch yeah, of time. How much here, are you
0: stretching the floor?
1: And also, you're giving up a trillion offensive rebounds. It it is like, all right, what? Like this is not this isn't a this isn't working. Like let's let's we do have another center on the roster. Is he the best? No, he might not be the best, but the small ball it ain't working against a former All Star center who has twenty five offensive rebounds.
0: Oh my god, we're like. talking about talking about Jared Allen like he's like like he's like Joel Embiid. He was Joel Embiid <laughs> tonight. <laughs> He st- he was on the- he stayed on his feet a lot more than Joel. Ellen. Six assists did.
1: too. He's a, he's a good he's a good pass. Uh, Mobley gets a lot of credit for being a good passing big. Uh, Jared Allen's a great passing big too. Or a good. He's one.
0: he's added stuff to his game that that first play of the game where he did the up and under reverse against <laughs> yeah. against Derek Lively was a good move.
1: Yeah, I mean th- this is a uh, uh, rookie player, man. This was a Lively's going to say my welcome to the league moment was Jer- Jared Allen actually. This seemed <laughs> like a podcast thing twenty five years from now where everyone's like, oh yeah, Jared Allen, remember him. Uh, Seth Curry,
0: I thought, had – if we're going to talk about any positives, he hit five threes in this game and uh, scored 19 points, his second-leading scorer. He was the one that was like – actually had some juice early in the game. But they took him out at the end, too, and decided not to play with him until the the very last play.
1: Yeah. uh, I've been been really curious about Seth's minutes. They've they've been really weird to me because I feel like he's been solid. And and I think he deserves some minutes. Maybe it's just that – the three ball hasn't been where you would want it to be for Seth. Like, you want him to be over 40%, and he hasn't been that this season. But I think after tonight he is, after going 5 of 9. But, uh, yeah, yeah I've, I've been I've been curious about his minutes. But, again, I mean, they they experiment with stuff early in the season. I, I just – I don't know. Trying stuff with Hardy.
0: They Hardy didn't get any minutes in this one at all. No offensive yeah. creation. They didn't go to Hardy at all. That was kind of interesting to me. But uh, there you go. Let us know in the comment section, what's one reason why the Mavs lost this game? To the Cavs, I'm sure there are several reasons. Uh, Next couple of days will be interesting. I'm going to be traveling, and so I'll have post-game episodes, but I'll not have, like, weekday episodes until next Wednesday, and then slightly be back with me on the post-game. So continue. Subscribe to the show. Appreciate each and every one of you that subscribed. And uh, we'll do some kind of, like, wrap-up to thank all you guys for 2023 because it's been an amazing year for the show. Guys, thanks for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom!